1: Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. You can follow the show on Twitter at Thunderpod. Email the show, LLThunderPod at gmail.com. Call into the show for 405- 5 3627128. A Friday edition of LOT, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. On today's show, we're going to dive into a Friday stock watch. Whose stock are you buying? Whose stock are you selling? We're also going to talk about the NBA possibly expanding their league, what that means for Oklahoma City, and we do need to preview Tonight's game against the New York Knicks. So let's start with the NBA expansion. And this has been the talk of the town for about a week or so now. Uh, But of course, these games are coming hot and heavy, so it's hard to get to some of these uh, less related news stories. Because at the end of the day, expansion cannot happen overnight. Right, You cannot snap your fingers and just expand the league. It'll take at least a year from whenever we get the actual announcement. And we haven't even gotten the actual announcement yet. What I will say, uh, and I'll echo what Brian Winhorse has said on the Hoop Collective podcast, is that Adam Silver makes no mistakes when he's speaking. And so for his tune to change from, we're not going to expand, we're not going to expand, we're not going to expand, into, we're looking at it, we're evaluating it, things like that. To me, that signals this is going to happen and it's going to happen sooner than later. But again, even if he came out today and so the league is going to expand and here's the two cities, you'd imagine that they can't even play in 2021. They'd have to wait until 2022, but maybe they pick two cities who have brilliant facilities right now and are just ready to jump in. And who knows? But all we have right now is that the league is, lo- is looking at it and that everyone imagines if you're looking at it, you're going to go ahead and do it. And so The possible cities include Seattle, who I think we can all agree is a lock, right? So just go ahead and put Seattle in there. Now you're looking for one more city. You're looking at Las Vegas. You're looking at Kansas City. You're looking at Louisville. Mexico City has been thrown around. Nashville has been thrown around. I think that it really comes down to, for that second city, Las Vegas, Kansas City, and Louisville. Because I don't think the players would agree to Mexico City. I understand that that is a place that Adam Silver really likes and would like to take the league to. Uh, I understand that, you know, you've, you've even seen rumors and you've seen the NBA come out and say that they, they want to put a, like, a, like a G League team in Mexico City. I get all of that. I just don't see a way for the players to agree to that. But the second city, if it's Las Vegas, means that someone has to move east. And while every team in the Western Conference will make a plea to go east, you can imagine it'll be Memphis or Minnesota, probably Minnesota going east. Who cares about all of that? What happens in the expansion draft, though, is that you can protect eight players on your team. And this has led to a small portion of... Of Thunder fans just thinking, oh my gosh, another rule change that hurts the Thunder. Another rule change against us. When in reality, you're never going to really have eight players, you know. well, in this case, nine players that you're just so desperate to protect, right? Would you like to protect them? Heck, you like to protect every guy on your roster. That's why they're on your roster. But at the end of the day, nine through 15, 17 on your roster, not a big deal. Not a big deal. And they might not even get drafted because, again, it's not as though Seattle and Columbus, Vegas. So Seattle and Vegas can just alternate their picks in the expansion draft and just go Oklahoma City player, Oklahoma City player, and so on and so forth. They cannot take more than one player from your roster in the draft, right? So at most, if each team took a player from you, you're losing two players from your team that are not the eight protected. And let's go through who Oklahoma City would protect in this scenario, right? Let's say today the Thunder had to file who they wanted to protect. If you had to do that, here are your absolute locks. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to get these guys protected. It is Shea. It is Baisley. It is Dort. It is Maldon. It is Poku. That's it. That's your absolute locks. You have now three slots to play with. And if you had to protect three More guys from this roster. I think it's easily Josh Hall, who is an interesting undrafted prospect on a two way contract that has the potential to be another contributing NBA player on a steal of a contract, just like Lou Dort is. You protect Josh Hall. You can protect Ty Jerome, who is a very interesting you know, flyer project in his own right. And then, sure, go ahead and protect him and Udiallo. But those are the kind of players that are going to be at the End of your protection list. Now, here's the thing. Let's say you have to make your protections as soon as the NBA draft ends, right? So you've gotten through the entire NBA draft prospect you know process, and all of a sudden, you are asked to protect your roster from expansion. At that point, it's still pretty simple. I mean, Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green go in for Josh Hall and Ty Jerome, or Josh Hall and Hemadu Diallo, or Ty Jerome and Josh Hall, or... Jerome and Diallo, those two players scoot in there for you. If you get that third first round pick, then that player scoots in there for you. And if you like your second round pick enough to protect them, then that player can scoot in there for you. But you're not going to have more than three picks this year that you just have to protect. And most of you wouldn't even care if someone took Diallo, right? And he's one of your eight players protected. So the likelihood of you having nine players who you don't even want to have the risk of losing... Very low. It is very, very low. Even if you drafted Cade Cunningham and Jalen Green this year, my one and two prospects on the board, by the way, so that'd take a miracle for have that to happen. That'd take somebody slipping on Jalen Green and and him falling to pick five or six or seven, which I just do not see happening. But just entertain me for a little bit. Even if you had the best draft possible, you got Cade Cunningham, number one, some miraculous way Jalen Green falls to like pick five where somehow the Rockets are picking and you get Jalen Green, you can still protect those guys at only the cost of Hemu Diablo and one of Josh Hall or Ty Jerome. It's a pretty good trade-off. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry too much about the NBA expansion. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. I cannot wait to see what cities they pick because each city has an argument for and against them. I think even Vegas, who people are just in love with throwing a team in Vegas, I think even they have backlashes and and negative points to them. I wouldn't freak out as much about Oklahoma City just being hurt by these rule changes. I understand you have a lot of picks remaining, and it feels like you're just at the start of your rebuild, and there's so many possibilities, and if you hit on every single pick, then you're going to have so many guys that you want to protect. But if you had more than eight guys who were cannot-miss franchise players who you needed to protect you're the best team in basketball. You're, you're the very best team in basketball. That is a hell of a problem to have. I can't think off the top of my head of a single team who had nine can't-miss, must-protect guys. And again, would you like to protect Ty Jerome? Sure. Would you like to protect Josh Hall? Of course. But if tomorrow the Sonics drafted Ty Jerome from your team... It does not change the course of your franchise. Also, important clarification, just because a player's not protected doesn't mean they're absolutely getting drafted, right? You could, you could have zero players selected from your team. They just have the right to select one from you. Me, personally, I'm excited about expansion. I think it'll be fun. I think that the content around it, I think that the entertainment value around it, I think that the storylines, and how to have players who you're going to uncover from it because unlike most sports basketball is not a saturated market. There are so many good basketball players out there that just simply have not gotten the opportunity. I think that Josh Hall is a really good basketball player. He just has not gotten his opportunity yet. That continues to happen as you expand the league and thus expanding roster spots around the league. Could you see what happened in hockey and the Sonics come in in their first year, they win the title. I think that that is frankly impossible in a sport like basketball, especially as you're protecting eight players on your roster. Because the best players and the most solidified veterans who could help you win that championship that you're going to be able to get, right, in expansion would be teams allowing a Russell Westbrook-sized contract to go unprotected in the hopes that you're going to take that off their hands. And while that'd be a fun team, it would not be a championship team. But still, it creates content, storylines, and most importantly, it creates a ton of money for the NBA. And that's how they can start to recoup the money lost from the COVID-19 uh, seasons. If you want to earn some money and recoup some money, go check out betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the one place that has you covered, and the one place that we trust. BetOnline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at BetOnline.ag and use our promo code locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. The NFL is into their postseason. The Super Wildcard weekend happens tomorrow. And I've already placed my bets at BetOnline.ag. I've got Washington plus 8.5. I'm ready to go with the primetime underdogs. You can bet on tonight's Oklahoma City Thunder game against the New York Knicks. And so much more. So do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Do not forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to get 50% welcome bonus in your first deposit. Online, your online sportbook experts. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at BetOnline_Ag underscore on social media to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and get the promo code LOCKEDON for your free sign-up bonus. Use hashtag BetOnline on social media.
0: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: We are back on Locked On Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. When this podcast is over, go check out Locked On Bets. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins... Listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts from. It is Friday, and that means it's Stockwatch Friday. And on Stockwatch Friday, we start buying and selling stocks from around the league.
0: Yeah, they're penny stocks. Told you not to sell. You did not tell me not to sell. I said the market fluctuates, remember? Well, what are you going to do about this stock?
1: I'm keeping it. I'm going down with the ship. Celebrate with our weekly act of debauchery. And so now it's time for Stock Watch Friday. And so I'm going to throw out some stocks. You're going to tell me on Twitter at Radlin if you're buying or selling their stock. Let's start with Alexei Pukashevsky's shooting I am buying low on Poku's shooting. I think that a lot of people are down on him right now. I saw some like, tweets yesterday from somebody like making fun of Poku, I guess, about like his slow start, averaging like, one point a game or whatever he's averaging. But I don't think that his stats tell the full story. I think that, honestly, as I said with Mav's draft uh, earlier this week on Locked on Thunder, check it out. Uh, bit, I believe that was Wednesday's episode. Uh, as I said earlier this week, if he shot marginally better, right? If he just shot a little bit better to start his NBA career, we would be thinking that he's so far advanced from where we thought he was going to be that you'd be crowning Sam Presti already for the next steal in the draft. Because even at his terrible frame, he's playing much better defense than anticipated. He's making advanced level passes for a big man. And he's showing you the guard-like play from a seven footer that he promised or, or was promised to us from NBA draft experts He's fighting for rebounds better, again, due to that small frame than I thought he would at this point in, in his career. He's done everything better outside of shooting than I thought he was going to gonna do to this point in his career. And as Richard said on, on our show, you can't even start evaluating this guy until about year three or four of his NBA career because he's coming over from a glorified YMCA. And so, to see some people start jumping ship on him already, I'm buying on his shooting ability because I think that eventually he's going to knock him down. When I went to the preseason game against the Bulls and I was sitting there watching shoot around, waiting for the media availability to start, I was watching Poku knock him down from the logo, just constantly knock him down. That's the first thing I said to somebody. I, I immediately texted somebody and said, Look, this dude is drilling him from the logo, Loco Poco, but of course his name is Poku. Nonetheless, You know, I I know that there's an ability to shoot in there somewhere. And a lot of guys can drain it in practice. Look, Steven Adams can drain it in practice. But I do believe that this shooting is able to be transferred into the game at some point. I think that you're seeing Poku press a lot offensively. You're seeing him kind of realize how bad he's shooting. And then, in turn, it's making him shoot worse. He just needs to relax as ever he does. Look, Teo Maldon was electric in the first preseason game. And, and and we were over the moon in his first preseason game. He had a slow start to this year. And as he got into a rhythm, you're seeing a better tail melt on these last two games than you did against Charlotte. Poku has not gotten to settle in. He's still in concussion protocol. He's dealing with that off the floor and that injury. He'll be fine. I am buying him being a quality NBA shooter. Will he be a lights-out shooter? No. I don't think he'll ever be a lights-out shooter. But I also don't think he'll be a, a god-awful shooter. Right, I think that it's, it's going to be somewhere in the middle. It's going to be somewhere closer to the average. And if he's an average shooter, with all that he's already accomplished and, and, and the ceiling to develop from a 19-year-old who turned 19 on the 26th of December, then I'm pretty happy with where he's at so far in his development. So I am buying Poku's shooting. The next one up is Isaiah Roby's minutes. I am buying Isaiah Roby minutes. I love watching this guy play. I've been on Isaiah Roby Island for a long time. I have one of the biggest flexes out there right now for myself is that I never cut Isaiah Roby in any of my roster projections, and he's performed extremely well in the minutes he's gotten. He is one of the Thunder's best interior defenders, and that's a low bar to clear, but it's true. And the way that he's playing night in and night out, I think that he's going to see a bigger and bigger minutes increase. He's not going to play majority minutes, of course, but he'll get more solidified inside of this rotation, in my opinion, as we move forward in this season. So I'm buying Isaiah Roby minutes. The next one I have is Darius Baisley averaging a double-double. The last three games, whenever he's been on fire, he's averaging 18 points and 10 rebounds. I think that Darius Baisley will for sure average a double-double this season. In fact, I'm not worried about the rebounds. I think that he can get the rebounds in his sleep. And we've seen that while he's struggling offensively. He was always crashing the glass very hard. But if he can keep up this offensive performance, which I think that he will, I think that Baisley's a shoe in to be a double-double averager this year. So I'm buying Darius Baisley averaging a double-double. And now we move to the most pressing issue on Stockwatch right now. The biggest issue on the table, the biggest stock you can buy what's I I need to learn more about the stock market that way I can truly describe these events but still nonetheless we we move to the most important issue and that's Dort's shooting is Dort going to be a sustainable shooter from beyond the arc and I'm buying it folks I'm buying it maybe I'm getting too excited over the first handful of games here but I think that Lou Dort, as I've said since May, is a competent shooter. He's a league average shooter. And right now, he's shooting above his skis. But even when that level's out, I think that will still be around that league average a little bit better than league average even. And I am so excited for what this can mean for his game moving forward. I think that what we're seeing from Dort is legitimate. We're seeing him develop before our eyes. And he's already a better offensive player than Tabo Cephalosha and Andre Robertson. Oh, and by the way, He's a better defender than either one of those guys were. And those guys were focal points and staples of your starting lineup for years. I'm buying in on Lou Dort shooting. I am. I am going full force in on Lou Dort. And then the last item up for grabs on Stockwatch is Shea being the point guard of the future. I am buying in on Shea being a point guard. There was questions coming in, even from me. What if his best role is playing off the ball in that role he played in last year? I have put that to rest for me. Just seeing the way that he controls an offense, seeing his composure, the poise he plays with, the lack of turnovers, the lack of mistakes when handling the ball and making reads, seeing all of that, seeing his want to be a point guard, I am all in on Shea being the point guard, and then you work around that. While he is flexible, while he is switchable and versatile, and that helps a ton from the game to game and from the minute to minute, and from the rotational standpoint and matchup to matchup, especially in the postseason, whenever it is you get back there, as a general statement, I am all in on point guard Shea Kyojes-Alexander. So let me know what stock you're buying and what stock you're selling on Twitter. We've got Poku's shooting, we've got Roby's minutes, we've got SGA as a point guard, we've got Darius Basley as a double-double average, and we've got Lou Dort's shooting ability. But as the NBA season continues to roll on, we have another game preview. And that is tonight, the Thunder take on the New York Knicks. And I want to tell you what to watch for, the bet of the game and the money ball of the game coming up. We are back on Locked on Thunder, the only daily podcast about the Oklahoma City Thunder. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-A-S. I want to tell you right now, when this show is over, go check out Locked on NBA. Join Anthony Irwin of Locked on Lakers and Adam Maris of Locked on Nuggets for a wrap-up of the biggest storylines around the league. Anthony and Adam bring you game recaps, weekend previews, and a weekly NBA Power Rankings you cannot miss. Subscribe to Lockdown NBA wherever you get your podcasts from. So I want to real quickly dive into the preview of this game tonight against the surprisingly good New York Knicks. I was asked asked today if the Knicks are legit, and I think that legit is kind of subjective, right? It's, It's subjective to whatever you view legit as. Are they a playoff team? No, I don't think they're a legitimate one through eight playoff team. Could they be a playing team? Absolutely. I mean, it's just being in the top 10 of the standings. They could absolutely do that. What I think is the biggest thing for New York, and what I think is legitimate, is the fact that I think that New York is a competent basketball team. It's a competitive and competent team, which is a huge step up, a huge step up from where they were last year. And so you've got to give uh, Tom Thibodeau credit for that. You've got to give these players credit for that. Austin Rivers, I think, has been a huge point of emphasis on the floor, but also off the floor with the leadership that he has brought to this team. But for the game overview, Ty Jerome is out. Poku is out. Jerome with a left ankle sprain still in Oklahoma City. Uh, Poku is still out in concussion protocol, uh, but Mark Dignott says he's progressing well, and so he just needs to clear concussion protocol set forth by the NBA. The New York Knicks have Toppin, Burks, and Frankie Smokes out. Thunder legend Nerlens Noel is questionable. Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith are probable for this game. Tip-off is set for 6.30 p.m. Oklahoma City has won seven of the last meetings between them and the the New York Knicks. Oklahoma City is 16-6 against New York since 2008. And so what to watch for in this game is SGA in the garden. SGA is just this confident, budding star in this league. He, He dresses with style. He has the it factor, right, of a star. He has what you need to be a star both in his game and off the floor. And whenever you play in Madison Square Garden, it's magical. It just is. I mean, players of, of all talent levels elevate their game to play in MSG. And I think that we could be in store for a huge game from SGA tonight. I think we could be in store for the best game of the season so far from SGA and one of the best in his career. In the garden. It's just something special. It's Friday night. It's the garden. I know that there's no fans. I get all of that. The, the Knicks are playing good basketball right now. They're feeling themselves. Tom Thibodeau's a defensive mastermind and he'll be keying in on SGA. And I think that you culminate all of that into the bright lights of New York, however bright they may be in COVID season. Nonetheless, I think that Shea will have a, re- a really big night. So you can see if Nick Ankstead will clip this as me being really smart tomorrow or as me being really stupid tomorrow. We'll see what happens in tonight's game. What to watch for? Another thing is the fact that Darius Bailey has asked for these defensive challenges and asked for these defensive assignments. It has seen him guard Jimmy Butler on one day, and then a day later guard Zion Williamson, which is just totally two different ends of the spectrum in terms of type of NBA players. And so now he'll be faced with slowing down, What appears to be the best basketball player of all time in Julius Randle, who is just red hot right now, how does Baisley match up with Randle down low? So that's another thing to watch for. I also want to see if Henry Diallo can build on last game. I think that last game was the best game of his season so far, and one of the best of his career. Now, he did not have the flashy numbers whatsoever, but the poise and control he played with was something you rarely see from Diallo. Can he do that again? Can you start to duplicate that and settle in to his baseline role? Also, I want to continue to see Teo Meldon become aggressive. You saw him pop and contested threes against New Orleans. He looks comfortable out there. He looks more aggressive out there. Let's see him continue to do that. And then, of course, Lou Dort defending the like of RJ Barrett will be pretty fun, much less. Lou Dort's offensive game. I think that one thing to note on his offensive game, it seems as though Lou Dort is hesitant a little bit to be immediately shooting nowadays. Whereas at the start of the year, if he got it and he had space, he was going to shoot it. It seems like now when he gets it, he has a purpose of driving and either doing that reverse layup or kicking it out or initiating offense by driving to the rim more so than just being a spot up shooter. So how does he balance that against New York? And so let's move into the bet of the day from our good friends over at betonline.ag use promo code locked on at betonline.ag for a welcome bonus. I've got Oklahoma city in this one plus two. They get the big win in MSG and cool off the red hot Knicks who just beat the Utah jazz earlier this week. So that's my bet of the game. My money ball of the game. I finally got off of the cold streak. I was over Entering that Pelicans game, I got my first win. I got it with Mike Muscala. In this game, I'm going with SGA to lead the team in three-pointers made. So go on Twitter. Let me know not only your stock watch options, but also let me know who your bet of the game is, Oklahoma City plus two or New York minus two. Let me know who your money ball prediction is, which is who's going to lead this team in three-pointers made on Friday night. This was a fun week of Lockdown Thunder. You can go back and listen to all the post-game pods all the preview pods in our podcast with NBA draft expert, Richard Stamen talking all about the 2021 NBA draft class. We're going to be back after the next game to give you another post game pod. And then of course it's a daily show. So we're going to be back Monday through Friday next week as well. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on lockdown thunder.